Welcome to episode 117 of the See Us Show. It's been a while. I know, guys. It's, it's It's been a very, very long time. Actually, the last time I actually had an episode that was available on streaming platforms, when I'm, I'm talking about Spotify, I'm also talking about Apple, uh, was November 10th of 2021. A lot of things have kind of, kind of, you know, just shifted a little bit. Uh, obviously, my co-host was, you know, based out of the East Coast. Um, we had a little falling out. He had to do some pledging stuff and whatnot. So timing just wasn't right and also had some technical issues with the computer and whatnot. But I was still able to give you guys some stellar content. It wasn't real episodes, but it was kind of like one-off. So picture if I had a, patr- a Patreon, right? So like you got that one-off for the free. Um, and, you know, I was just producing that fire 100% of the time as well too. So this is season two, officially season two. I'm happy um, that you guys have stayed loyal. Um, I'm happy to get into some some great content. We have some great guests that are lined up for this season. Um, some merch is on the way. Just be patient with that. So it's just going up from here as well, too. So shout out to my 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 old co-host Trey. Love you. Pull up over here. Um, you know we're gonna we're gonna figure some things out as well too. Um, but I'm just ready and I'm excited to get into this this new season, um, you know, obviously it's the off season, but you know, we, we got some stuff to kind of talk about. So this guest right here, um, is an entrepreneur is a sneakerhead. Um, he's from, he's from Houston, Texas, but he sounds like he's from the Bay area as well too. (laughs) Um, and, uh, he's just a dope ass dude. I actually met this guy when I was in line in LA at, 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 uh, at ice cream Sundays, um, at lock and key. And we just clicked from there, there on out. But, I support black black excellence, and I and I support this guy as well too. So, my first guest for season two, episode one hundred and seventeen, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Terrence Whaley. Yes, let's get it, <laughs> Terrence Whaley. What is up with you, boy? What up? What up? Appreciate you, Steve. Appreciate you for having me on, man. I'm I'm extremely proud of you, first of all, man. So thank you for having me on as a guest. Now nah, I'm excited. I'm excited too. It's just dope, like to we have these little meetings where we just essentially just talk about thoughts in our head and we manifest it into something that's real. So it's pretty dope and surreal to actually have you here as well too. Shout out to Peyton as well too, who's out here doing some stuff behind the scenes as well. Um, my dog as well, but I'm excited because a lot of people don't know about some things that you do. Mm-hmm. So like I said, Terrence is an entrepreneur. He has this app called Barter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I first thought about barter, I was like, "Are we talking about like the 1600s when we were just like <laughs> like like bartering some motherfucking like yes, tree man. for some fucking yes. food or whatever?" 
But he got barter. It's been out for a little bit as well, too. So tell the guests, what is barter, Terrence? All right, cool. So appreciate, you know, first of all, the, the amazing intro. You know, I'll actually go back in the story a little bit because we didn't start day one uh, being named barter. Oh, wow. So we started off um, being named Soul360. And basically what Soul360 was was a website that I created from scratch because um, I'm, a, I'm a software engineer in my full-time job. Um, basically... Started a, a website from scratch where people could trade sneakers online. And I realized like that, like essentially, like like you said, I'm a sneakerhead. Like I was trying to see like what is in the sneaker game that's missing, essentially. And as I was coming up in the game, you know, following my brother and like kind of like seeing what sneaker culture was like online, I would see people being on Facebook groups. Facebook groups like trading sneakers, but like it was only possible because it was like some physical, like you were close to somebody that you could actually go meet up with and trade. And I was like, well, damn, like everybody's doing buying and selling, and that's so easy, but like why can't people trade sneakers so easily? And I didn't see anything on the, on the internet like that. So I was like, yo, like I can build this shit from scratch and like get to it and see if people are interested in it. Um, and at the time, like, it 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 grew to over like a thousand users like pretty pretty fast i would say within three months um and what those users were telling me that they wanted was an app essentially you know and i i knew i needed an app to be able to compete with the with the bigger you know audiences or the bigger platforms and essentially what i did was i took that time to go from the website to the app and rebrand as well because um, ultimately, even though right now we're only in sneakers, we definitely want to expand into other like alternative asset classes. But right now, it's it's sneakers, and that's why we changed the name from Soul Three Sixty to Barter, so we could be a little bit more ambiguous with the with the brand name. Mm, that's pretty fire. That's mm -hmm. pretty fire. Yeah. So, were you always into sneakers growing up? Like, like what even got you into <laughs> sneakers in general? Yeah. So I would say, man, the 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 light the light bulb switched on for me at like thirteen. Like, okay, so it was it was a summer. I actually went to go visit my, my brother and my mom because my parents are divorced. But um, when I would go see them in the summer, like, I would always get, like, put on game with, like, what my older brother was doing. Because, like, if you're, not, if you're not living with your older brother, like, and you go see him, you know, maybe once or twice a year, you, like, you're trying to tap into what's new, you know what I mean, or, like, what he's into so I can come up and, like, show my friends what I'm on. And... Like I started realizing that my brother was kind of collecting sneakers. And he had like this this closet of like seventy or eighty shoes, and I was like, "Yo, you can wear more than two or three, four pairs at a time." And I was like, "Yo, like, like put me on." Like, like I was just like trying to notice like how he was going about figuring out what was interesting to him, and just being a little brother in the family, like I wanted to be like big bro. So that was like when I really tapped in and like started getting serious about my collection. Mm, that's mm -hmm. crazy, yeah. Um, I've been aware of sneakers, but I don't think I really, like, seriously got into sneakers until I got to, like, early stages of high school and whatnot. Because I remember, mm -hmm. like, while my parents were still together, my parents were divorced as well, too. Mm -hmm. I went to a uniform school in, like, middle school. Yes. <laughs> and it, and, and we, we had to get either one pair of sneakers or we had two, but they had to be solid colors. And y'all had so the khakis? Y'all had the khakis? We had, either, we, had the, we either had the khakis, okay. the black, or the navy blue. <laughs> so we only had... I already know. I already know what you're talking about. White Air Forces or the black Air Forces. Yep, them g Fazos. I might have yeah. some little sprinkling sneakers and whatnot as well, too. But okay. to kind of harp on that, my, my mom's side of family, who, when they relocated from Liberia, they relocated to the Northeast and Province of Rhode Island, so they were heavily on sneakers as well, too. So okay. they kind of gave me that outlet when I got older to invest in a lot of sneakers as well too so i just remember like back in the day where like you can actually like camp out get some sneakers you'd be fine if you if you plan correctly you can get any fucking sneakers you wanted mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. it's just so much fucking chaos it's tough yeah. it's tough and i you know like i got like i was kind of talking about in the story like 
what I noticed was, you know, sneaker culture and blog culture really kind of came on at the at the same time as far as like explosion of like information on the internet. And like that's where people really started to gravitate towards like as far as getting the information to even know like there's a line going on this day for this shoe, you know? So I think, you know, that was what really helped me try to get into, you know, when sneakers were going to be available and like what was popping, what was popular, but what people were really kind of going for. And that it took off like 13 years old going on. It just, it just took off. I'm in love with sneakers. That's crazy. Yeah. So I think right now you're in the, in the beta trial right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So tell yeah, us a little yeah. bit about the beta trial. And, and sure. A sure. Bit. Sure. So like essentially, uh, like I was telling you, I'm a software engineer. So I've, I've been able to see like what, you know, fortune 500 companies do when they release software or when they release apps or websites. And there's a certain process that you got to go through before you put something in the app store, essentially. So, um, you basically, you build a, you build an app, which we did, and we want to make sure that there's as least amount of bugs in it as possible. So we, we are essentially in a test phase where we give it to our, what are called early adopters, people that are most interested in barter at the very beginning stages that are okay with things breaking or like the app crashing, giving us that real time feedback. So we've been doing that for the past, I would say really since June, June 1st was when we really put out the first like usable part of the app. And um, now actually we just finished up like the, the beta testing uh, phase. And now we're looking at finally getting it published to the app store September 1st. Ooh, ooh, so, yeah. Ooh. So now we, we've got we've gotten out of that test phase. Now it's to the part where it's like, okay, we put it in the app store. Um, this is a stable release. And now we're going to start to market the app, essentially. Um, all right. I'm excited for that as well, too. So what have been the biggest challenges, um, you know, just investing in your own company mm-hmm. um, in general and, mm-hmm. and, and just trying to get it out there? I mean, off top, number one is bootstrapping it, like paying out of your pocket to like keep up. You know, that's the first thing, because, I mean, if you don't have investing um, or if you don't have, I mean, just any type of institutional backing when you're trying to build a company from from scratch, you're going to go slower than your competitor might be going or like what, you know, people expect you to be going, you know. So that's probably number one. And then two is just obviously competition. You know, like people, um, we, we, we do have a major competitor. Their name's Trey Block. They're actually out in Houston as well. Nope. Um, really great company, three um, black um, co-founders of the company. And, you know, I, I learned a lot of game from watching do, like watching them do what they do and like kind of realizing like what their users are also unhappy about. That way I can kind of like tap in and see like what I can do differently to differentiate myself from them. But then also just use that as more feedback to sharpen my sharpen my iron when I when it comes to my service. That's essentially. Dope. That's so dope. Like, those are probably my top two okay. most challenging. All right, cool. And then the last thing I wanna, you know, talk kinda talk about, just wanna pick your brain a little bit as well too, because you're one of the few and I told Peyton about this too. I was like, yo, every other week I wanna fucking get a pair of sneakers. <laughs> yo. And uh it's a you big ins- thing. Yeah, you inspired me and then one of my other friends that you know inspired me as well too. She's a crazy sneakerhead as well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um so we're just going to stick with Jordans right now. And okay. I'm, I'm going to give you my picks after I hear your picks. Okay. But if you had gunpoints in your hair, you on a motherfucking island, okay. top five J's, what you going with? Okay, my top five J's Ooh. with a gun to my head. Okay, okay. All right, I'm I'm going to give it to you off the top of the dome because I, I, I really feel like this is this is an important question. Okay. But I want to go off what my heart is saying, so I'm going to just go off the top of the dome. So off number five, I'm going to go with the uh, Raging Bull Jordan 5. That mm-hmm. was actually the first shoe that I stole from my brother that my brother <laughs> then found out about later. 
Um, and then I had to ship it back to him. It's a crazy story, but it's true. Um, the fourth, I would definitely have to give um, the bread Jordan one. You know, like the that's 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 a shoe that I feel like no matter what color I got on in my fit, I could I could just make that work. Like I'm cool with it. Um, the third one I'll give to the Black Cement Jordan Three. It's an easy it's an easy one to also like fit into the into the wardrobe. Uh, I would say n- number two is another is another Jordan One. It's the Union Jordan One um, uh, Blue Toe, Los Angeles. Ooh. That was one of like my favorite shoes um, when it first came out. One of uh, Union Los Angeles, which is a store um, on La Brea here in Los Angeles, um, black owned uh, by Chris Gibbs. Great collaboration, um, great looking shoe. It's mm-hmm. it's just beautiful. It's luxury, um, so I feel like that's number two. And then my number one, man. This is this is a really hard. This is a really hard one. Ooh. But like, but I've been wearing Jordan fours a lot lately. Like I've been crushing them. Like I just you know whatever whatever shoe or like whatever um, whatever I got on that day, I feel like I can easily you know mix and match with a Jordan four. So if I had to pick a specific model or a specific release, I would have to go with Union again with the uh, it's an off noir. It's, it's with the uh, it's with the the release is called, or with the with the colorway is called, but it's off North Jordan Four by Union Los Angeles as well. So those my top five. You got a pretty pretty fire top five as yeah, well man. too. I love them. I can't get too much in depth like you. I'm just gonna name my shit. <laughs> it's all good. I'm just gonna name my it's shit. It's all good. It's all um, good. So no order. Okay. Uh, so I guess we we can do a little order. We can do a little order. So at five we have the the. The Jordan 10s OG Chicago Bulls. Okay. Um, at four, we got the Bordeaux 7s. Okay, wait, wait. You know I got to ask you. Did he win a championship in the, in the, in the 10? Oh, you're asking the wrong guy. Oh, okay. I want to say oh, he okay. did win it. Okay. I want to say he did win it. Everybody I'm supposed to know that one. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So we got the Jordan. At five, we got the Jordan 10 OG Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. At four, we got the Bordeaux motherfucking 7s. At okay. three, we got the Olympic Sixes. I remember being in fucking South Carolina, mm-hmm. um, Myrtle Beach, uh, waking up my dad early. My yo, I saved my money from working at Bush <laughs> Gardens. Let's go to get this motherfucking shit right now. Let's go get that W. Uh huh. And I, I'm with you too. Uh, at two, we got the cement threes, the black cement threes. The white, the white ones were hard too, Timeless. and the Dornbeckers were fucking tough yeah, as well yeah, too. Yeah. I like that, but yeah, I gotta yeah. go with the black ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number one. This is the first time I actually like waited in line, and and for you West Coast people that only been to West Coast, the East Coast is fucking cold as shit. Mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. December twenty third, uh, I think two thousand nine. The motherfucking the motherfucking eleven. Yes, Space Jams. Yes, okay, okay, iconic as well too. I'm just a little sad because. I grew up wearing a size 12. Like, I, I thought, like, you know, like they say in NBA when you're in prime, you like from like 26 to like 32 and whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For me, with my shoe prime, I thought I was done. Oh, that shit just went straight it through. It went straight roof. from 12 to 13, bro. And I was like, oh, yeah. my God. So and I had to size, sell all my sneakers. Bro. That size is tough. Size 13, I always see, like, you know, on StockX and Go, like, they just, they, the prices on the size 13 is crazy. Because the the quantity is so low oh, on release day on the thirteens, but I also I do before we move on I, I do want to give honorable mention to three shoes. So okay. you said the the eleven Space Jam for me it's the cool gray eleven. The cool, cool gray is the one that that to me just it's so smooth like it's it's tough. And then these two these are other these are two other ones that I really like, but they're women's sneakers, which is why I didn't um, which is why I didn't uh, talk about them before. Okay. But uh, I want to give a shout out to Amma Manier, uh, which is another kind of like black boutique ran by um, ran by James Whitner. 
mm-hmm. and it's um it's a Jordan three. So they did like a collaboration shoe. Um and the story is really, really cool behind uh behind the shoe. Definitely check that out. So okay. it's all my money year Jordan three and then there's another one um by Alele May, who's a great, great, great person in the sneaker culture right now. Um she did a Jordan one collaboration oh, wow. uh with Inglewood High School actually. Oh. That's a, it's a Jordan one. That's another tough shoe that I like. That's fucking dope. That's mm-hmm. fucking dope. Um, and then before we get into the hottest topics of today, uh, look at that camera right over motherfucking there. What up, Let what them up? know your actual social media what and up, what up? social media as well, too. All right, cool. So y'all can find me on all socials, Twitter and Instagram at Terrence, T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E, Whaley, W-H-A-L-E-Y with an underscore at the end. Mm. And then for Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for Barter, it's Go, G-O, and then Barter, B-A-R-T-E-R-R. And that's it. That's where right, you can cool. find me. Definitely in the in the in the post edit side. I'm For sure. Well For too, sure. So, so they can know as well too. <laughs> Appreciate you, see. But are you ready to get into the NBA topics? We Man. always be on the side talking about some shit, and Let's I'm ready do to it. actually get into the shit. You ready? Let's do it. Let's do All it. right. So obviously this is the off season, so we got to kind of dig up some shit and and, and see what's what's good <laughs> and what's not right now too. So the okay. first thing I want to talk about is the KD saga continuing. So obviously for backstory for the views as well too. Katie went to the Nets. Kyrie went to the Nets. Mm. He thought it was a great idea. Mm. Um, Kyrie played like what twenty to thirty games by himself. Katie was you know resting and rehabbing from his Achilles and whatnot. Um, after that, the next year, all came together. James Harden came. James Harden wanted to leave. Kyrie wanted to get vaccinated. X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward into this past season, mm. um, they got knocked out the first round. Um, Crazy, which was crazy, crazy, (laughs) which 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 was ridiculous, um, and you know just after that, you know we we were like, all right, well you got Ben Simmons, you guys are retooling, you you added some good players off of free agency, you guys will be fine as well too, and then once free free agency kind of like popped off, we just heard from KD that once Kyrie basically didn't get that extension in which he wanted, KD just demanded out. Um, mm-hmm. And he listed some destinations he want to go to, but he was like, "Yo, get me the fuck out of here as well, mm-hmm. too." So this whole off season, besides him and Donovan, well, besides Donovan Mitchell, we've just been trying to figure out where's Katie gonna go, where's Katie gonna go as well, too. Mm-hmm. So um, nothing's happened, no no movements been happening, and and I don't expect no movements to happen as well, too. You got four years left in your contract. I'm not letting yeah. you go. <laughs> your ass is mine. <laughs> you staying here? Yes, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. The other day, some news came out, and apparently with Kevin Durant, he's given the Brooklyn Nets an ultimatum um, either to choose him or fire Mm -hmm. Steve Nash, which is the head coach, and the GM, Sean Marks, as well, too. So there's a quote from Shams, NBA. Durant stated he does not have faith in the team's direction, sources told the outlet. According to Shams, Durant spoke with Cy, which is the owner, um, in London this past weekend, with insiders describing the discussion as transparent and professional, and then owner Joe Sy quoted, our front office and coaches staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and, you know, that's kind of how it's rocking right now. So obviously we're in the era of player empowerment. You would think he would have been moved by right now. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if you have that owner's mentality, you're just going to, you know, not be a pushover because at the end of the day, like they – were essentially pushed over as well too when they're like, yo, Kyrie's not gonna play, he's not gonna get vaccinated. And then they're like, oh, okay, I see like the load that you're carrying and James Harden wants to go, so Kyrie's gonna bring you back as well too. Mm-hmm. But just tell me your thoughts on the whole Katie situation as well too. Like, 
Uh, tell me your thoughts about it. Like, should he be traded? Should he stay? Like, what are your thoughts on everything? Okay, okay. So I, first, I, I do want to start this conversation about how how much do you believe um, the NBA insiders as truth as coming straight from like the the Hoopers like mouth? Like, that's first question I got for you. First. Um, so I just I I look at obviously what they tweet mm-hmm. when they tweet it. Mm-hmm. And who it comes from. So okay. I feel like there's Are we talking a, about the top, like Shams, we talking about Woj, Shams, Woj Chris Haynes. All of them. Okay, okay. All of them, all of okay. them. So I know with Shams, like when something comes from Shams' mouth in regards to the Brooklyn Nets and mm-hmm. specific Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. more likely it's true. Okay, okay. All um, right. So that's but the top two guys I, I, I believe what they say as well. Okay. All yeah. right, cool. So if I'm if I'm going off of what um man, why his name just Oh boy, that you Shams? Said. Yeah, yeah, Shams. Yeah. So if I'm going off what Shams said, you know, I I believe him because I mean he's an insider as well, and I I I do trust his word. But I do think the timing was a little weird because to be honest, like why I thought Kevin's original plan for leaving Golden State was was to get it out the mud. That's the very first thing I thought <laughs> when he left Golden State because we all know he didn't get out the mud and Golden State. We know that. That's why he left. So I'm thinking, you know, well to be honest, you still got a great foundation. You know what I'm saying? You still got like a team with I'm not sure about that cap space situation. I'm not I'm not sure like what yeah. that is looking like, but you do have outside of Kyrie, you still have something that you can build towards and like be a, a, a leader in because you want your legacy to be like you you won one like the way Brown won in Cleveland in 2016. So if if that's me, you just adding on to the rhetoric that you don't want to hustle for it by trying to call for the trade request, especially with four years left on your deal. So I, I'm I'm on the side of like him staying in Brooklyn because to be honest, like if if he if he didn't like his general manager Sean Marks and Steve Nash, to me he should have just went to the Knicks because how I look at the Nets and no no disrespect to your Clippers because I know you fuck with Kawhi, <laughs> but the Brooklyn Nets are the Clippers in 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 New York. They are. I, listen, I went to a game this past year when okay. they played Miami, okay. and I'm telling you, there were Miami Heat fans chanting "Let's go Heat" the yeah. whole time. So yeah. I'm like, bro, that's that's Clipper activity. So if I'm if I'm if I'm KD and you trying to solidify your your legacy in a way, like I would have I would have liked to see him go to the Knicks. That's first of all. But if we're just talking about right now, it just seems really weird, like what his purpose and what his direction wants to be in. You know, as far as like where he wants his his future to hold, because when I saw the first couple of reports where it's like I want to go to the Suns or I want to go to the Celtics, now I want to go play with James Harden. I'm like, well, well, which is it? You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you really want to do? Because I thought it was beef when they played earlier in the year and Kyrie was strapped in James from the from half court. I was like, oh, it's really beef. This gonna be cool. <laughs> Four years of this, I want to see that. Yeah. So I want him to stay, but. I mean, really, I just I don't understand what Steve Nash thing is because you picked your coach. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. all right. So first and foremost, the Clippers and the Nets are not the same motherfucking organization. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, all if you're right, talking right. about where the fans' loyalty lies, obviously it's a Laker Nation. That's never gonna fucking change. No matter how many motherfucking tri- uh, championships the Clippers win, that's never gonna change. Mm-hmm. The Knicks are just the motherfucking Knicks. Like, that's the mecca mm-hmm. of, of, of basketball over there as well, too. But mm-hmm. as far as how organizations are ran. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. You take out James Dolan races ass. Mm-hmm. The Clippers are a pretty top-tier organization, and they're a destination to bring in marquee free agents and also, um, you know, people that uh, – free agents in general as well, too. Yeah, in general. Nets, 
The only reason why the Nets have something going right now is because of KD and Kyrie right now. Because remember when the K- when KD and Kyrie came, Blake Griffin want to come, or Marcus mm-hmm. Aldridge want to come, mm-hmm. XYZ want to come and whatnot as well mm-hmm. too. Um, I think KD should stay as well too um, because I think he's one of those guys who buys in the social media. So I feel oh, like- Oh, 100, 100%. Yeah, so I feel like with the whole, I mean, OKC going to go to state, motherfuckers hate that shit. So mm-hmm. I understand guys championships, left, want to do his thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, you're too great to want to leave because we- Let's look at the teams we listed already, right? The Celtics went to the championship last year. You can't do no whole shit. You can't do that. You can't do that. With the Warriors. The like, streets will now. get you out of there. He already get know you that. Out of there. Then the Suns yeah. just went to the championship last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they came up short this year as well, too. But it's just mm-hmm. like they had the best record in the fucking Western Conference as well, too. Mm-hmm. And you already know how Miami is as well, too. And I feel like I wouldn't want to go to Miami if I'm KD because LeBron already kind of had a short stint sort and, of legacy there. And, the like, the way their, tra- not trajectory, but their careers have aligned, like, it's on, it's, it's eerily similar. Like, the way the things Bron has done as far as leaving Miami, changing his number, KD leaving, changing his number, like, their journeys have been similar, almost where you could kind of think KD's a little bit on copy side, so I, I agree. Like, don't go to Miami, yeah, because that would look that would just be weird to me yeah. from a, yeah. as a Bron fan. Cause I'm I'm a Bron fan. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. <laughs> so I'm speaking <laughs> with know. a little bias. We know, yeah. So in my opinion, I'm just like, yo, just stay because we think we view you as a top top player, the mm-hmm. best player in the NBA. I think mm-hmm. right now, I used to be biased and I always say Kawhi. One obviously is okay for me lately, but right now I'm putting Giannis at number one. Yeah, I was about um, to say I'm, but, I'm a Giannis too. You can argue anybody else that's interchangeable. So mm-hmm. Katie, top two, top three, t- number one. You can put him wherever. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're a top tier player and you have your Robin with you to go with another supplemental piece with another supplemental piece and then role players, you should be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the the, the Nets owners being stubborn. Um, but he just has to fire Steve Nash. Like, what has Steve Nash done? Like, most of these coaches, they've actually like went from the ground up. Like, they they they, they they've either played mm-hmm. or they've literally had like a little internship. Maybe they were like a videographer, like motherfucking um, Eric Spoelstra, and mm-hmm. they've worked their way up as well too. Steve Nash is just a oh. coach. Well, Steve Nash is a player. And they're like, all right, white privilege. Let's make you the motherfucking coach. Okay. The only reason why I got hired because of Sean Marks is the GM. They're very very buddy buddy. Okay. But I'm just like. The lack of adjustments that Steve Nash made, it was okay. just bad as so, well too. So I think if you can change, if you can, you can keep, you can keep Sean Marks because Sean Marks trade like obviously he he was the one that traded for Kevin Durant. I mean, mm-hmm. not traded for Kevin Durant. He he signed Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. He signed Kyrie Irving. He traded for James Harden. He signed Blake Griffin. He signed Lamarcus Aldridge. All these guys as well too, right? Um, he gave Joe Harris the extension as well. So he did all these things, and even in the off season, you got Ben Simmons. We don't know what to expect out of Ben Simmons. Like, I'm only going to go off of what he's done. I'm mm-hmm. assuming he's improved at shooting, I'm hoping. No. But if you take away that, he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. Yes. And probably he's a, he's a, he, he generates, as far as, like, if you go to analytics, statistics, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. he generates the most open three-point shots as well, too. Mm-hmm. So you have a point guard right there with Ben Simmons, who's 6'10". You have Katie, you have Kyrie, and then you sign – who did they sign? They signed the guy, uh, Royce O'Neal. Oh, Joe got him in a trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got him in a trade. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Harris is coming back. Um, they mm-hmm. re-signed Patty Mills. Mm-hmm. They got. Uh, oh, I didn't uh, see that they re-signed Patty. Yeah, they re-signed Patty Mills. Okay, um, okay. They re-signed. I'm Claxton still mad at him as well too. San Antonio. Yeah, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, they yeah. still got Seth Curry. 
Um, who That's else they got? they got? They got TJ Warren. They, like, they have the supplemental role pieces to So why he want to leave? It's weird. I think the real reason why he wants to leave is because Kyrie hasn't got that extension. Okay, well, let me well let me say this, though, because we also got to talk about KD's podcast, like, on et cetera. It's like, I seen him. I think there was, like, a collab episode with him and uh, J.J. Reddick. The, I think it's called Old Man and, and the Three or something yeah, like that. Yeah. They sat down together. And, like, he was talking about how um, – he was talking about how, like, early in his career, he kind of only cared about basketball and didn't really kind of talk to the GM about, like, you know, roster moves and stuff yeah, like that. Because he likes to go to ready-made teams. And I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, well, is that changed now? Like, do you feel like it's more so you you care about what the roster looks like? Because from a p- pure basketball perspective, there is nothing on the court that that KD would is thinks that's lacking, unless you really, like, just want rim protection, you know, because they don't really have a rim protector. But other than that, I think, like, it's enough to go hoop and go win, like, the 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 truth is Jason Tatum just like he took it from him. You know what I'm saying? The first round. You, you don't think so? I think he took it from him, but like the X's and O's from a coaching standpoint were bad. Like okay. this dude Steve Nash had four guards in with KD at a time. Right. When the average height on the Celtics is like six, 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 seven, bro. Right, right. Okay. So okay. So is it a personnel or is it the coach? X's and O's, because it's I not think, much. I think last season was a combination of the personnel because the coach had to put them in position, but that's all he had. But, like, no, then again, it's like, yo, Blake Griffin played great. Why did you wait for him to come in game four to play the fucking mm. play the game as well, too? So I think okay. it was also – I think it was a coaching thing, to be honest with you. Okay. But like you said before, KD co-signed Steve Nash coming here as well, exactly. too. Exactly. So figure it out with him. So figure it out with him as well, too. That's where I'm at because, honestly, I've seen way too many times where, like, coaches – you know, I mean, there's been times coaches have sat in seats a lot longer than they're supposed to. Like mm-hmm. Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks is a great example. I feel like he stayed in either Washington entirely too long. Who else? Uh, Budenholzer. Budenholzer, yeah. Until, obviously, they got this chip. I think if he didn't get that chip, he was going to be out. Oh, yeah. But um, And then the coach in, U- in Utah, like, mm-hmm. he finally stepped away. It's like there have been coaches that have lost and have stayed in the first round or second round. And, you know, they get time to figure it out. And I feel like Steve Nash, like, he only been in two years. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like at least, at least you you sign a contract, you want that coach, at least ride him out until, like, at least year three of your contract before trying to, you know what I mean? Because who's out there right now? That you really think, like, other than Mark Jackson. Exactly. I was going to say because Mark, Mark Jackson, too. It seemed like Mark Jackson would be in the Kenny interview Atkinson. room. Okay, that's that's cool. That's cool. But I don't think he want to leave Golden State until he, like, really gets an actual head coaching job. Yeah. So I'm like, well, okay. If it's Mark Jackson, cool. That's That would be a great as far as, like, um, giving them some um, character. Because, yeah. you know, Mark Jackson don't play. You know, I'd love that. But other than that, it's like – you know the player coach dynamic has been working in the league. This is kind of kind of goes into another topic we're gonna talk about. But yeah. like Ime Udoka's doing well. Great. You know what I mean. All you got uh, Ty Lue. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. One obviously his first year with Ron, but like he's great for the Clippers. So you got that player coach thing going. I just think they just got to give it some time. Yeah, and then also too to, to kind of end this as well too. I feel like Rudy Gobert just set the bar too high with trade. Mm. I think what they gave up like four or five like first round picks as well too. When yeah, that's that. robbery. That's, that's robbery. That's, grand, that's robbery. And <laughs> Katie's what thirty three, about to be thirty four years old. Yeah, and it's just like with the teams that you demand to go to, you know, you're gonna have to gut the roster. So why would mm-hmm. you go there mm-hmm. and put even more, um, more wear and tear on your body when you don't have that, those those pieces that I was telling you about? Yeah, and I, I just want to say this one quick thing before we switch. I'm I'm so surprised Phoenix was like, I, we not talking about Devin Booker. I was like. 
You're not like you don't want to chip. I would, I to be honest. But CPO, okay, he's still hooping though. But I would want the young core. I want KD with Aiden and Booker, or at least have Booker's untouchable. You need someone to ride with KD. I don't know if the other side of the trade is Kevin Durant. I would have took that to be honest. If I was James Jones, I'd have took that. Okay. All right, all right. Well, we'll continue to monitor this KD situation as well, too. Going, to no, going into my next topic, what do you think is more likely to happen? Do you see the Brooklyn Big Three and Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving staying together for the entirety of this upcoming season or the revamped Lakers with him um, making the playoffs? So I, I think it's – I'm not – this might be a laughable answer, but I think it's, I think it's Darvin Ham and the Lakers. Like, I, I think Kyrie is out of there. It's just more so about at some point, like, who is going to fold first. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, I, I just think that Kyrie's out of there. Um, but I think Darvin Ham, from everything I've seen so far and how Milwaukee looked on defense, and we'll see what the Lakers do because I know that they really want to find, like, a, an actual stretch five because I know Darvin Ham, you know, he obviously had um, – Brooke Lopez in Milwaukee. So he probably wants that stretch five in the offense as well. We'll see. But I, I like I said before, I think the I think the player coach dynamic is so working. It's so trendy in the league, but it's also just like they seem to be giving the reins when they come into an organization. And I know the Lakers from a from a historical ha, have not given a lot of leeway to the coach, but I think you give Braun off the fact that he missed the playoffs last year. You got AD saying, you know, I cannot get – he's going to get injured. But, I mean, <laughs> we're going to see if he can play 60 games. But I think if you match those three dynamics up, the way the Nets are doing right now, I think it's a, I think it's a dumpster fire in, like, in Brooklyn. I mm-hmm. really do. I think the owner for the Nets side, whatever his name is, uh-huh. I think he's on his like dictator type shit. He's like, you you ain't gonna bitch me. Oh, so yeah. we're gonna keep it the way it is. Kyrie, you got one year left regardless. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I lose you for nothing. Because the, the best time to trade him would be right now, to be real with you. You don't want to lose Kyrie? Him for no- yeah, you don't want to oh, lose okay. him for nothing. Because yeah. what free agent are you gonna track there when there's been a shithole over there as well, too? Right. Um Ben Simmons in a new environment. KD, like I said, I don't see Katie doesn't strike me as a guy who loves hoop so much, knowing that he's at this advanced age. He's not like Kawhi when he was like 26 years old when he sat out that one year with the San Antonio or even AD before he got to the Lakers um, or even Ben Simmons right now. KD's about to be 34 years old. Mm-hmm. You're not going to waste an, a year like that. So I think if it, I feel like if he doesn't get traded, he's just going to soup and motherfucking play right now. Oh, honey. The only, reason why, the only reason why Kyrie didn't play last year was just because of the vaccine mandate. You take that out, you take his injuries out from the past, he's readily available. Uh-huh. Ben Simmons, obviously, this was something I think it was it's something deeper beyond the surface level um, as far as management goes and why he didn't want to play as well, too. Uh-huh. Um, so I have them actually to play devil's advocate mm-hmm. sticking together over the Lakers making the plays because I, I got this shit put up right now. Phoenix is not going anywhere. That's one team. We're going to name we're going to name some playoff teams. Mm-hmm. That's one team over the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Memphis is a second team. Mm-hmm. Golden State's another team. That's three. Mm-hmm. Clippers are another team. That's four. Um, you got the Nuggets with MPJ and uh, uh, Jamal Murray coming back. That's five. Minnesota made some noise. They got Rudy Gobert. That's six right there. Pelicans got Zion back. They made the playoffs last year without him. That's seven right there. Um, Dame, we'll see what happens. So, I mean, I, I, you know what I, I team might. is missing, though, from your list? Who's missing? The Jazz. 
And also the Mavericks too. So somebody okay, but Luka, and the team Luka. that is usually in the playoffs that's not going to be there is Jazz. So there's one team left essentially, and that's for the Lakers. And obviously you got the whole playing situation as well too. Going off what you said, you said AD is going to get hurt. Like how how much do you trust AD to play at least sixty five games? I think I think this I think I trust it because now this season is now or never. Like I feel I like feel like every season now or never would. Well, well, I think I think this one is more so like. We're really gonna write you off as injury riddled if you don't mm-hmm. like change your 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 like, low top Kobe's. Like if you don't if you don't change your low top Kobe's right now, <laughs> AD. If you are for some reason re- like watching this podcast or listening, bro, you gotta switch out them Kobe's, dog. You really do. So yeah, I I think I think he gonna play sixty plus this year. And then you got LeBron about to be what thirty eight. He gonna be thirty seven, I think actually. Maybe 38, boy. I mean, I you know, look, all I've known is Bron to not do the same thing twice. Well, that's not true because he went to the finals eight times. But, like, <laughs> I'm talking about, like, if he come, if if he saw something bad happen last year, he is going to make sure that it's, it's, it's the rights are, or the wrongs are righted in the next season. So I feel confident in that. More so than I feel confident that Kyrie ain't going to find a reason not to get out of, out of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That's you know what I'm saying? Because and he he going he gonna find his way. And bro. then you trust Russell Westbrook to Oh, I don't trust Russell to do nothing. Change. The mm-hmm. fact that you don't trust Russell to do nothing, that that's we just need him to we just need him to rebound and screen. We don't need him to shoot at all. We don't need him to shoot. We just need him to we just need him to rebound, hmm. screen, and push the pace. Because yeah. he gonna I mean, when you're a third option on the team, you're not getting more than 18 points a game because you're not shooting more than 10, 11 times in, in the game. He might get to 20 if he at the free throw line, but we already know he don't be shooting well from free throw line. So it's like we don't want him don't to shoot. shoot. Well. I think and it's gonna knock down corner threes. We're gonna we're gonna see what Darvin Ham does with his position on the floor, but like I really don't think all all that being at the mid post and shooting that uh that mid range off the glass, that shit ain't happening no more. Mm. I don't think that's happening no more. Mm. Well we're gonna see what's up with that. I think yeah. Russell Westbrook definitely needs to look at some footage with D Wade back in the Miami era and oh. definitely try to Change his game up a little bit as well too. But. Russ, oh man, we gonna see, man. I I know he got it in him. He just he is at that part in his career is exactly like with D Wade where he had to change his game a little bit to like do what he needed to do on the basketball floor. Yeah, we gonna see. Next topic as well too. We got uh, Bill Russell, the OG. Um, R.I.P. He actually passed away on my birthday, so that's ever mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna forever kind of be linked as well too. But um, he wore the number six and is gonna be retired across the NBA following his death uh, last month as well too. So the NBA will honor the legacy of Boston Celtics legend Bill Russell by retiring um, his number six jersey for all thirty teams. Apparently, LeBron James got grandfathered in so he can keep his number six as well too. Really? What? Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't um, see that. That's yeah, crazy. yeah. Shams tweeted that. Shams tweeted that. Wow, um, crazy. <laughs> So the League and the National Basketball Players Association announced this um, this past Thursday. So Russell is going to become the first player in NBA history to have his jersey retired league-wide. Additionally, all NBA players will wear a commemorative patch on the right shoulder of their jerseys during the 2022-23 season in every court. Um, will display a shamrock-shaped logo with Russell's number six on the sideline near the scorer's table as well. So now, obviously, we know um, with Bill Russell, 12-time All-Star, 11-time NBA champ, 5-time MVP, 4-time rebound champ, 11-time All-NBA, 1962, during racism, Mm -hmm. 1962-63, All-Star MVP. He had to fend off motherfuckers going, leaving the fucking (laughs) (laughs) arena every night. Um, And much more, and obviously, we know he pioneered 
uh, for civil rights activism as well, too. And, yes. and you just dominant on the court as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are your thoughts on, you know, just Bill Russell in general and, you know, just a retirement of a jersey number league wide? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's the I think it's the right respectful thing to do for for a legend. Uh, I've been seeing him on TV at the end of the season hosting that MV, finals MVP trophy from like <laughs> the moment I started watching NBA basketball. Uh, which was really in 2009 when the when the Spurs swept Brian uh, 4-0. That was the first time I, like, I really that. saw Bill Russell on TV. Um, but I think you know, I think too. I I just I saw a story or somebody said it. On, I think on ESPN where like he was obviously the best player on the Celtics and he couldn't even get a like a, a home in the city. You know, I just thought like coming from that and you know still being able to suit up you know for the Celtics bring them what you said 11-time NBA champion like that's that's crazy you know you just it's consistent greatness over and over and over um and we we know we we always got the people that say you know the NBA back in the 60s or whatever like was playing against plumbers (laughs) and and all of that but you still gotta you still gotta respect the fact you got 11 on the board you know and um you can only play what's in front of you exactly you know what i'm saying and at that time just like you know we say Kyrie can dribble and Steph can dribble like you only can play what's in front of you and what 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 the game was like at that time he was dominant so i i think it's the right thing for the league to do i will say this though you know i i would have loved to see them retired um michael jordan i mean mike but i was gonna say kobe I was gonna say there'd be some motherfuckers that wear number twenty three like like T J Warren <laughs> on the bases. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, you you really you you really you really selfish if you picking twenty three and you not cold like eighty two games of the season cold because <laughs> if you not and you inconsistent you shouldn't be wearing that number. Yeah. But I'll say twenty four would have been cool or eight would have been cool for them to retire that. Um, but you know, I I think Bill Russell, if anybody in the league in history should get it, it should have been him for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree as well too. At first, I was kind of on the fence about it, but given his his dominance on the court and then what he stood for off the court, it just makes the perfect sense to yeah. for it to get retired um, mm-hmm. across across and, across the league. And shout out to Adam Silver, man. I I remember Very progressive. I, I I remember like just watching. Um, Adam, no, Stern, David, David Stern. Stern. Yeah. Like I, I, remember, I remember watching David Stern. Like the first thing that I, I, I started to see, like in the NBA, like when, when, how much the power the commissioner had was like the when Vito. they changed, um, no, when they changed the the uh, dress code, like with Allen Iverson, like always coming in oh, looking a certain yeah, way, or like yeah. having the velvet sweatsuits on, like and him changing that. Like they looked at at David Stern as an enforcer, but yeah. when people see Adam Silver, Roger they Bell. see him as more like as as progressive and more so like um, more collaborative with the players. And I like that because you can see it in the league. Yeah, like too. can you just imagine like from a coach's standpoint, it wasn't we had to wait for an, uh, a nation, not a nationwide, a global pandemic to happen. Mm-hmm. Picture being in the gymnasium mm-hmm. and you're a coach and you're wearing a fucking suit. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yo, man. what? Yeah, man, that's actually fucking nuts. He's he's taking the game places too, and I I know he he don't get his flowers a lot, but I definitely want to get him his his flowers for sure, for sure, for sure. Next topic I have for you, we got a couple more left here. Which team do you think made the biggest off season moves going into this upcoming twenty twenty two twenty twenty three season? Mm-hmm. Okay, well honestly, like it ain't really been too much splash, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I will say, like Boston, they they cured their point guard problem mm-hmm. because. Although, obviously, Marcus Smart won def- Defensive Player of the Year this year, but like 
on O, he is very wishy-washy. Like, sometimes he'll hit that corner three or he'll hit that, like, pull-up jumper that he's not even really supposed to hit, but he hits it. But you know when Malcolm Brogdon's open, like, it's cash or, like, and he gonna also lock up on the other end. So I feel like that was the perfect signing for them. I'll give, um, I'll give the Hawks and I'll give the Portland Trailblazers um, two and three. Mm-hmm. So I think De- Devontae Murray um, sliding in at, at the... Uh, I guess he'll play two, maybe so, one. I don't know what they're gonna do. Probably like some CJ and Dame type of backcourt yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. We we gonna see what they do, but I like I like that signing because um, ultimately I just wanted to see them do something different because I feel like the Hawks they were kind of getting predicted predictable too um, with their lineup. So I think Devontae gonna come in there and kind of bring something. And he been he been acting up in the in these uh, program <laughs> games. So I'm really I'm really. I'm really going to see if he's going to bring that to the NBA games too to kind of try to give them that next level um, stuff. And then I would say the Portland Trailblazers when it comes to um, – what's old boy name? Dane? No, no, no. Um, Jeremy Grant. Oh, Jeremy Grant. They traded for yeah, Jeremy Grant. they got Grant. and Anobi too, right? Yeah, so like they beefed up as far as having their wings because they needed help with that. They've been small for forever. So um, the question is, is Yusuf – Gonna, gonna play sixty games, you know what I'm saying? Because he always, he always, he always down. So we'll see what they can do. I really want to see Dame in the playoffs and go past first round, man. He's he's special, but you know he need help. So we're gonna see what they can do. Yeah, he's in uh, purgatory right now, so he's mm-hmm. he don't want to leave. He want that Kobe love, but he gonna have to win. Exactly, so, Kobe won five times. Exactly, <laughs> so, five. But they'll love him forever if he win one in Portland, though. But I feel like yes, they're gonna love forever. But if there's another like. Guy, twenty years from now, that comes with ship. We can uh-huh. play some real quick. Mm, you in think so? Opinion. But yes. what? A, but what if he's the franchise leading scorer and all that? Because I feel like that's what's gonna happen. That might that that might be a thing. That might be a thing. You but know? right now, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. When you think of Miami, you think of Wade or Bron. Wade County. Wade, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, Wade sometimes I'll be forgetting. Sometimes, ship. sometimes I'll be forgetting he went because I mean that that championship in twenty sixteen was so memorable that you almost forget what he did prior to that. Yeah. You know? Okay. No, that's true. Okay, I can see that as well too. Um, for me, I was going to say the Boston Celtics as well too because they added Malcolm Brogdon. They also got Gallinari as well too. Mm-hmm. Players are going to be a little bit wiser. You also have a coach that's been to the finals, so he knows what to execute from an X and O standpoint. Mm-hmm. But I still believe if Chris Middleton didn't get hurt, then we're not talking about the Boston Celtics like how we mm-hmm. are right now as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go with the Clippers. They essentially made new moves because PG and Kawhi are basically out the whole season, so you're getting two new players back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then midseason they what they traded for Powell, Covington, and whatnot. Um, but more importantly, they've always needed a point guard. They got Rondo a little bit too late last year. Mm-hmm. They got John Wall, who obviously has an injury history. But if you kind of take away Chris Paul and all these other guys, like during our time, like in high school and whatnot, like in a little bit of college, like John Wall was yeah. one of the point guys as well too. Right, right, right. So mm-hmm. you put him in the system. You 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 force him not to be the number one option anymore and actually just facilitate, push the pace, um, dominate on the matchup. And then from a defensive standpoint, PG and Kawhi are gonna be locking up the top dogs, and um, I think they're gonna work wonders as well too. So that would be my biggest offseason move that John Wall um free agency signing to the to the Clippers. Okay, so but do you prefer John Wall 2022 John Wall over Reggie Jackson? Re- so I mean Reggie Jackson's a score. Um, right. And that's it right now. But as far as facilitating, if you have all those weapons in which I listed 
Luke Kennard, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Robert Covington, Norman Powell, Zubac, mm-hmm. Marcus Morris Sr., Terrence Mann. <laughs> the list goes on and on, on. Like, I'm cool with that. Because Reggie Jackson, he did great. Don't get me wrong. I love Reggie Jackson. I thought so, too. He held it down. But now we just need that person to get these other players those easy looks. And I feel like Reggie Jackson can't do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm going with right now. So my next topic for you as well, too, almost done right here. Going into the season, who do you think is the biggest threat to the Boston Celtics? The biggest threat to the Boston Celtics? I mean, I'm going to always default towards the best player in the league, so I'm going to go with Milwaukee mm-hmm. um, and Giannis. So LeBron's not the best player in the league to you? No. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'll call it like I see it, man. Okay. Giannis is a problem. He's dominant. You know, he is our version of Shaq, to be honest, in this today's NBA for me. Thanks. Um, so I would go with Milwaukee. Um, I'm I'm interested though to see um, if they're going to make any roster updates or if they feel like they need to make any roster updates. Yeah. So I I'm, mean, there's still I'm some excited. free agents out there like Blake Griffin, Demarcus Cousins, X right. Z, yeah, yeah. So they could see how they're playing from now until what before All Star break and kind of make their mm-hmm. splash if they want to. Cause I don't know. I I I don't know. And I, this might be disrespectful, but I I think I'm good on Drew Holiday, man. Like, like, he's, I, like he's not good. No, 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 not that he's not good. But I'm just saying, like that they need a maybe they need a different look. They just won a championship with Drew Holiday. No, no, they did, they did. They but really I'm saying, went seven games with the Celtics, but Middleton didn't play the whole series. Right, right, right. Okay, but let me let me ask you this though. Okay, do you think that they can do better than Drew Holiday in the East? I mean, I'm thinking from a logistical standpoint. Who are you trading to get better? Like, who are you trading Drew Holiday away for? To get a point guard back, right? Yeah. So, exactly. I mean, let me ask you this. Would so you trade Kyrie for Kyrie Irving? If I knew Kyrie was going to play the whole season and and re-sign with me, even though he's on his expiring contract. Let's just say it's yes. a Kawhi Leonard situation in, in, in Toronto. No, nah, I'm keeping Drew out of it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not trading. I'm, you better give me some draft picks, but even then, like, what do draft picks, like, what are they actually going to amount to? And they're mm-hmm. going to be a top tier team, so they're going to have what a late a late pick. So you got to have to hope that that player pans out, and they're mm-hmm. readily available to win now. And uh, Giannis is getting older; their core is getting older. I'm keeping Drew Holiday. Okay. Yeah. Literally, just missing the closer. That's literally it. Okay. They won seven games. I got you. Yeah, but you're right. I, I don't even have to comment on that. I think that's the biggest threat to the Celtics right now because uh-huh. I don't know what to expect out of James Harden going into this upcoming season. Um, my next question for you right now is. Who is the biggest threat to the Warriors going into this off? I mean, going into this new season. Uh, the biggest threat to the Warriors, honestly, uh, I would go with Memphis. Ooh. I feel like there's not a rivalry or nothing yet, but I feel like Memphis is right on the cusp of just like, like being that team that's just you know drafted, you know gritty. They got an identity, and they got a a player that's just not scared of anything. Now, obviously. Um, I'm not necessarily sure like what their shot profile looks like, but I know that they shoot. I'm not sure how many threes they shoot, but like obviously to keep up with Golden State, you're gonna have to get some threes off. But I do like um, I, I like their core, and I feel like their young ability and what they went through last year and how they lost to them. I think that they'll take that in and in, in revenge, and then come back, you know, and try to attack um, what Golden State has. I mean. Obviously, you got the easy answers out there like Phoenix and, you know, um, who, not Utah, but who's other, oh, I mean, 
Denver ain't 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 scaring nobody to be honest, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared of Denver. Denver Denver got to be healthy, man. They got to be, be healthy. You know what I'm saying? But I would I would go with Memphis. Okay. Um, but I also this is this isn't a question, but like I really want to see what Golden State is going to do with their the draft picks that they got while you know Clay was down and stuff was down. Like at some point you're gonna have to pay Jonathan Kaminga. You're gonna have to pay James Wiseman. And what are you going to do with Draymond in the meantime while he asking for four year max deal? Mm-hmm. Like I want to see what they're gonna do with that situation. Yeah, too. so I think they're eventually gonna get rid of Wiggins and they're gonna try to make that money and whatnot. And then I think when Clay's off of his contract. He's going to kind of take – they're basically just going to have to kind of take a pay cut or you're just going to have to get traded as well too. They already established mm. themselves as a dynasty. They're up there with the Cel- – like obviously like the Celtics and Lakers are in their own stratosphere, but like they're right there with other like top-tier teams that you know mm-hmm. generate a lot of revenue as well too. Yeah. Um. So we'll see what happens with that. But my – you already know I'm biased again. I'm going to mm-hmm. go with the Clippers as well too. Oh, yeah. What did Grant Williams say in the podcast with – I don't even remember who he's in the podcast with, but he basically <laughs> – said that we didn't win because we weren't experienced enough. Uh-huh. And I think the Clippers, I mean, they got to the conference finals. You have a championship caliber coach. Uh-huh. You have a finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard. Um, you have a great one being Paul George. And the thing about the Clippers is they have a lot of depth as well, too. And they're uh-huh. all two-way players as well, too. Because if you look at, if you look at it, if, if, this, if the Celtics didn't fucking turn the ball over, they could have easily have been up three one when they went into game four and then and the rest is history as well mm-hmm. too. I mm-hmm. just feel like with a veteran led team, um, with that much depth and a great coach, um, especially with those two wings, um, yeah. I just think they're gonna cause havoc as well too. Cause the Golden State Warriors have had some easy paths, not winning the chip in the finals, but getting to the chip as well too. So I think that would be their biggest threat. Okay. So you're not worried about Paul George at all? What am I no, no. he I mean Obviously, he didn't play last year. He caught COVID during the, the plane or whatnot. But mm-hmm. I feel like the pandemic P narrative is gone now. He 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 did his thing the year before. Okay. I don't. Why wouldn't he? Why why would he go back? Go. Why would he go backwards? Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that answer. We we will see uh, how he performs. Okay. Almost done here. We don't got that much time left as well too. Um, my next topic for you as well, too. This is kind of old, but I just want to hear your opinion. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, um, Jalen Brunson was a new signee for the New York Knicks as well, too. Yeah. Um, so, Jalen Brunson and his teammates, his veteran teammates, Julius Randle, Obi Topin, they showed to the New York Amateur Pro AM. And you have three starters going up against amateurs. They all dropped an average of about 22 points. And they still lost to amateurs by double digits. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it a disgrace to lose with three NBA players versus amateurs? No, and I, I'm not exactly sure if like, like, because I think some of them do play overseas as professionals. Yeah. So like at the end of the day, like Brown went to the Drew League, and it was him and Demar, and they only won by two. So I mean, yeah, to be sure. honest, like I think that they all out there hooping, like they mm-hmm. all trying to get they, you know, they trying to get they opportunity too, and I just think. There are certain players like that aren't that don't have the mindset of Kobe Bryant, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, LeBron James when they step in the gym. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And like as as great as Jalen Brunson's contract looks this summer, like I never look at him as, as like, you know, a tier one or a tier two point guard. So like you now looking at the rest of the like Obi Toppin and, and Julius Randle, like I don't really look at that as like cream of the crop of the league. So for them to lose to lose by double digits is bad. Yeah, the, the but, double digits aspect is bad. But I don't really see it like, you know, like none of like I don't look at Julius Randle as like 
a bucket getter. Even though, even though I know, I know he had that great, great season. All star and crazy yeah, contract. Yeah, I know. And but I don't. I still don't look at him as like, oh, go get it done. Like I don't. I don't look at him like that. And I don't look at. I don't look at Jalen Brunson like that either. So I just, you know, you know, in a in a setting where you're supposed to win, I can understand those particular players losing. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. I just feel like if you're in the top less than one percent. Of, of of the world of, of the world, yeah, yeah. making that much money and what there's only what a little over 300 NBA players mm-hmm. in the world going up against Drew League or whatever league you want to talk about, y'all <laughs> niggas lose by double digits. It's like yo, come on, son. Yeah, and I'm a fucking I live in New York and I'm a fan. And I'm supposed to buy season tickets for some bullshit. <laughs> That's what like, I'm saying. Man. Like, come on, son. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm just I'm just kind of poking fun or poking the bear with that, <laughs> like. It's five players uh, on the court at one time as yeah. well, too. So yeah. um, it's a team sport, but at the same time, I, I don't think you're supposed to lose by double digits mm-hmm. when you have mm-hmm. three NBA players. Like, if I'm going to play open gym with two niggas that play D1 with some random niggas, I do not ever expect to lose the game yeah. at all. Yeah, no, but, true, true, true. But like you said, LeBron and, and DeMar DeRozan, I mean. On the same team. And it was on the same team, and they, it went down to the last shot. So, last I, shot. you know. And I mean, there was there was some famous footage of Kobe Bryant in the Drew League too, and he hit that shot over James Harden. Like, at you know, they be playing hard. They be playing hard. <laughs> they be playing yeah. hard. Yeah. So it's it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then we got two more right here. Um, so Golden State is going to open up uh, the the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three um, NBA season playing against the Lakers as well too. Opening mm-hmm. night. It seems mm-hmm. like it's always and obviously the the Golden State Warriors are going to get the championship ring and whatnot, but it feels like. Uh-huh. Even though the Lakers aren't where they want to be, they're just so popular it's that good. they're mm-hmm. always going to be on motherfucking TV as well, yep. too. Yep. Do you like that as the opening act as well? As well, And then also, there's always two games that go on. Mm-hmm. Um, who would you like to see besides those two teams listed for that first matchup? Who do you want to see mm-hmm. um, on opening night with two teams? Cool, yeah. So I love it. I love Steph and Brown going going up against each other. It's always it's always fun. Um, but as far as like who else I'd want to see, I love watching John Morant play because he just brings energy. Um, and then I also like Luca. Luca's one of those players Ooh. that even when you're watching the like TV, like even when you're not at the stadium or at the arena, like you can see Luca's playing with energy and playing with like that. Like I'm not scared of you. I'm going at you. I'm talking shit the whole 48 minutes. Like I like that. So I I want to see Ja. On opening night, just because I feel like he's got that like that Allen Iverson like feel to him and that personality, um, and then Luca, mm. for sure. Winston, now for me, um, <laughs> I gotta go with chaos. I, I gotta see KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons who uh, okay. hasn't played suit up. Mm-hmm. That's getting all the attention right there. Yeah, and then yeah. Kawhi hasn't played in a long time, and then you got John Wall who hasn't played in two years. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a nice little duke it out battle and, okay. and some narratives being created right there. So I would definitely okay. love to see um, the Clippers going up against the Nets right there as well too. And then my last question I got before we, before we end something as well too. So I was just on you know social media the other day, and I saw a lot of players that I, I grew up um, admiring. And I just want to ask you, out of these four players I, I listed, obviously all of them were injury riddled. Um, if you had a, I guess, start a franchise with one of them, who would you choose? Mm-hmm. So we got T Mac, we got Penny Hardaway, mm-hmm. we got D Rose, and we got Brandon Roy. Who okay. You got? Okay. So off top, like, um, I want to give all respect to Brandon Roy because he had an amazing career, you know, or not, I mean, it was cut short. Like, yeah. that one was one that I was. 
I I love to watch him Brandon Roy play. But my answer is Derrick Rose, man. Like I feel like um so I started watching college basketball like in two thousand nine. I believe. And that was the year he was at Memphis and like that was the year all the four number ones went to the final four, like in the same year and that never happened before. And Derrick Rose was the best player on the floor and like all the games. And like I just fell in love with his game and I feel like he never I mean he obviously looked like that early years in Chicago, but it was just so exciting watching him play and like be the best player on the floor and like being so good that LeBron had to guard him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like that was so cool and I feel like that was cut short um by those injuries. And I mean T Mac, you know, all the names you listed, Penny was good too, obviously. But Derrick Rose, I feel like, was the player that could have been MVP year after year after year that got cut short. Mm. And I forgot to add Grant Hill as well, too. But I feel mm. like that wouldn't kind of change your mind as well, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, but I would have to agree with you as well. Um, I feel like Brandon Roy as peak would kind of be like a Devin Booker-esque type of player. Okay. Um, Penny was great as well, too. Obviously, what, his first, second year, they went to the finals with Shaq as well. So mm-hmm. that would have kind of been nice to see T-Mac. You know, I had his shoes and all that as well, too. <laughs> Even with his healthy years, never got a first round. Not taking that away from him. It, it takes good coaching and good personnel and yeah. the the top-tier pieces that he kind of had with him as well, too. They were always hurt, like Yao Ming, X, Y, Z, whatnot. So mm-hmm. I will go with D. Rose as well, too. Like you said, number one, homegrown, Chicago. Um, youngest MVP as well, too. Arguably the – the most athletic point guard that we had seen as well too, and he yes. played with just so much poise as well too. So and balance to see him take, like you said, Bron, um, that 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 top dog, that top team um, to the to the top. You just want to see what it, what what it would have looked like right now as well too. And obviously, as you get older, your athleticism deteriorates, but now it's more so a mental game. Mm-hmm. And just to see a small portion of him adapt and be more efficient, it would have been nice to see what he would have been right been been right now as well too. And I think he eventually would have had either left to go to a better team or have brought in some free agents to kind of play with him as well too. So I think mm-hmm. he would have definitely had one ring, yeah. um, at least by right now too. For sure, for sure. So that's all we got right now for episode 117. Do you have any closing words, Tim? Man, I just want to say, you know, thanks, Steve. Thank you for bringing the uh – you know, bringing me on as a as a guest, uh, Peyton, man. Thank you for setting up the setting up the studio, man. You did a great job. Dope. Um, I just want to say, you know, I know that y'all gonna do great things, man. Keep working at it. Um, keep y'all's work ethic strong. Um, and you know, stay blessed. You know what I mean? Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen. Invest into barter. Facts. Y'all know any investors, man? Hey, <laughs> holla at me. Hit me in the DMs, man. You know, I'm always you know willing to to talk. Um, and talk about the future. Yes, so, sir. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 117 of the Caesar Show, season two. Make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media at the Caesar Show, at Sir Caesars, and we are out. Peace.